You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. Reshoring Initiative works to bring manufacturing jobs back to the U.S. through assisting companies to more accurately assess their total costs and investments. It's a nonprofit and offers a number of tools for companies to utilize. I've invited the president of Reshoring Initiative, Harry Moser, to join us today to share how Reshoring Initiative is working to bring jobs back and how it affects the community. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show, podcast, and the CEO peer groups that I lead, then please visit my company's website, criticalmass for spelled F-O-R, business.com, or if you know someone who who would make a great guest on the show, like Harry's going to be, why don't you just call me or text me at 949-887-4104. Harry, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Rick, it's great to be here. It's great to have you here. Can Let's let's start very simply. I'm so intrigued with what you do for companies and this concept of bringing manufacturing jobs back to the U.S., and we're going to get to that in a minute, ladies and gentlemen. But can you share an interesting story kind of from your professional path through today? Oh, interesting story, huh? I, I guess one of, the, one of the best, I was I worked for National Acme. It was a machine tool company, and... We had done a poor job supporting a customer, poor delivery of spare parts, et cetera. And I, I, I was in charge of the aftermarket. I jumped all over it, got him what he needed. After a long de- delay, talked to him on the phone. He really appreciated so much that when we, like two months later, screwed up again, I called him again to apologize. He said, no, Harry, I know you guys are doing the best you can do, and I really appreciate it. So the personal touch, the, the follow-through, the attention, the, you know, letting him know that you're doing everything you can pays off for the customer. So we're talking with Harry Moser. He is the president of Reshoring Initiative. So l- tell me a bit about, I want to talk about the, the organization, and I also want to talk about your role in it. So let's start by talking about the organization first. Can you describe for my audience who may not be familiar with your organization the kind of what it is specifically that Reshoring Initiative does? You know, let's, let's first clearly define re- reshoring. So reshoring is the opposite of offshoring. Offshoring would say, um, have the company make the product in China, India, Mexico, somewhere other than the U.S., and reshoring is reversing that decision and bringing the work back to the U.S. So we uh, document and promote that trend, and we provide a free software that the companies use to do the analysis to quantify the costs and risks and strategic impacts that they had been ignoring typically when they went offshore, and and maybe 25% of the times they decide, yes, it makes sense to bring the work back. So uh, let's talk about the intellectual property that it sounds like you've created, which you offer to your uh, to, the, to the manufacturing companies. What is it that is in that tool that helps them to assess the costs, risks, and investments, as you say? You know, about 60% of companies look only at the price. I can buy it in China for 7 I can buy it here for 10 therefore I'm going to you know, have it done in China. And, and our software quantifies the duty, the freight, 
the carrying cost of inventory, the cost of travel, the intellectual property risk, the impact on innovation when you have manufacturing there and engineering here, the profit that you lose when you stock out because you have a three-month delivery instead of a two-week delivery. So if you get a surge of orders, you lose orders if you have to wait for three months and you keep the orders if you can deliver in two weeks. So, so we're talking with Harry Moser. He is the president of Reshoring Initiative. Okay, so Harry, it sounds like to me, and and I'm just speaking off the cuff here, that your organization has a philosophical bias towards reshoring. That, that if that's true, and tell me if it's not, I'm okay with that. But if that's true, how do you write software and give deliver results to people that doesn't have that bias inside of it? Because we 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 don't we do not say bring the work back because of it's good for the United States. We say, do the analysis and find out if the work is good for you. And then we, we've, we've done our best to uh, quantify each of 30 cost factors and help the customer quantify them. So, so we don't tell him what his IP risk. We don't tell him what his travel cost is. We ask him to fill in uh, 30 blanks and uh, and then the computer goes chug, 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 and it calculates what all those costs are. How, how does someone identify and put a dollar value? I assume you have to put a dollar value on something like IP risks. How, who who knows that, and, and, and how, do, how does someone come up with that number? Yeah. When I'm asked to do it personally for a company, I say, let's pick the products where there is significant IP risk. I mean, ignore the knives and the forks and the spoons kind of thing. And, and, uh, and then what's the probability that if in each of the countries, what's the probability you're going to have uh, IP loss? And, you know, maybe here in the U.S. it's 1% and there it's 10%, you know, whatever that number is. And if you, if you lose the IP, if somebody copies your product, what is the expected loss in uh, sales, in uh, earnings on those sales, in legal costs to try and overcome the problem, uh, unhappy customers that think they were buying your product, but they're buying an inferior product. You know, do a separate spreadsheet, calculate all those costs, and and then use that as, as, the, as the input. So we're talking with Harry Moser here, and I only have a few minutes in this block, but I wanted to ask, tell me the size and type of companies that are using your software to make this decision. Um, some are, you know, I'd say typically small to medium. It's very hard to get a GM or a GE to change their methodology. You know, some of those bigger companies are using thoughts like ours or, or they consider the things that we recommend they consider, but they don't per se use our software. So, so I'd say most of them are the, you know, uh, f- five million to hundred, hundred fifty million per year companies. And, and how do they find you to even know that this kind of sophisticated analysis is available to them? Well, we, uh, I give fifty to a hundred presentations a year around the country. Okay. Uh, uh, we write fifteen, twenty articles a year. We're quoted almost every day somewhere in the media. Okay, so that so that draws attention to your platform. Now, in the open, I mentioned that it's a not-for-profit. Is is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, what is the genesis, the origin of Reshoring Initiative? Uh, I was retiring. I used to run a hundred million dollar a year uh, company selling machine tools all over North America, and I was retiring and saw so many U.S. companies 
disappearing, so many people losing their jobs, good people in manufacturing. And I said, well, somebody's got to do something about it, and I've got the time, and I don't need the income anymore, so it might as well be Harry. And when was that? Uh, 2009. So so 2009 to today, and so for those of you that are listening to the podcast, that sometime off in the distant future, I can just tell you right now it's 2017. What have you seen, Harry, that's any changes in people's philosophy to reshoring and offshoring since you started uh, your firm? Or, I mean, w- w- update us. W- what what have you observed? I say more certainly change in philosophy. In, in the beginning, everybody poo-pooed it, or most people poo-pooed it, because it was such such a bare amount of it happening, and most most people didn't expect it to succeed. But, but now... Most people in manufacturing say, "Yeah, I know people that are doing it." So it's it's become definitely credible. Are we talking uh, about reshoring? Yeah. Okay. Right. Reshoring. All right. And the 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 amount of it, the, if you look at the balance of flow of jobs, back 15 years ago, the U.S. was losing about 200,000 manufacturing jobs a year to, to offshoring. So 200,000 more to offshore than were reshored, and by 2016. We were net bringing in about twenty thousand, so we've had a, a, a reversal of about two hundred twenty, two hundred fifty thousand a year. Okay, so in terms of the flow. So I'm gonna. My engineer tells me it's time to wrap up this first block, and you did it in in such a professional radio terms, ladies and gentlemen. This guy's clearly an experienced guest because he left us with a hook, and the hook is you're going to have to explain the causes behind that such dramatic reshoring effect and change. Harry, are you prepared to do that after the break? Piece of cake. All right. Don't go anywhere, you manufacturers and other companies out there that look to learn from Harry Moser. We're going to be right back after this very brief word about something that I do in Critical Mass for Business. So I hope you listen to it. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Rick Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guests' websites, hopefully like Harry, whose CEOs have appeared on our show, and then they put the player somewhere on their homepage, I hope. Since uh, 2009, our shows reached several hundred thousand listeners through both the live stream here on octalkradio.net and the podcast, simply type in these four words into your favorite podcasting software, Critical Mass Radio Show, and you'll get our weekly updates of the various guests that we do. And generally, we do one or two guests each week here on the program. Okay, Harry, right before the break, you gave us some interesting statistics about how reshoring and offshoring of jobs has kind of changed over the recent history. So first of all, remind us of the statistics and then help our audience to understand why this phenomenon is happening. So so 10, 15 years ago, the U.S. was net losing over 200,000 manufacturing jobs a year to offshore, not to productivity, not to 
recession, just just to offshoring, just to trade. And by 2016, we were net gaining about 20,000. So we've had a swing from a huge net loss to a moderate net gain. Then the other question was, why has it happened? Uh, Most of the loss was to China, and the Chinese wages have been going up at about 12 to 15 percent per year for 15 or 20 years, which has taken them from making nothing to making something, maybe 20 percent of what we do. And so now their cost, uh, cost difference, the price difference from China has shrunk to the point where other factors become enough to offset that remaining difference in some cases. And those other factors can be uh, increased U.S. productivity, can be lower energy costs here. Electricity here is about half the price in China. Uh, Capital equipment costs are lower here because the Chinese have a 15% value-added tax, which dries up their capital equipment costs and therefore their burden rate. So their labor cost is rising. Their uh, uh, burden rate is higher. Uh, so we've got, you know, we're starting to get back into the game. So, Harry, uh, years ago, I was running an operating division of a company by the name of Delphi. It's a very large auto parts manufacturer. I've from, been there. Okay. Well, they're all over the place, Harry, and I had one of their plants, which was here in Southern California, but our major facility for manufacturing was in, it was a Makiadora in Tijuana. And I'm wondering, from your experience on, on reshoring, and, you know, we talked a lot about China, you don't have to look that far past China to remember that Mexico was the low-cost labor force. W- what are you saying, or what are people seeing about manufacturing south of the border in Mexico versus reshoring it back into the U.S.? Work that comes out of China... Uh, some goes to Vietnam, Cambodia. Some goes to Mexico. Mexico is increasingly attractive. And, and, and a good chunk comes to the U.S. Uh, the Mexican wages were higher than the Chinese maybe four or five years ago, but the Mexican peso has fallen roughly in half, so the Mexican wages are now on average lower than the Chinese, and they're closer than China, and you don't have the IP risk. So there's Mexico is a viable place for some things not everything there's some things the u.s is better at than mexico but mexico is certainly shall we say earning its share and we think we think it's good because the there's some work that's so labor intense that even if you automate it you can't get it to the u.s and so if it come if the product comes out of china it has on average five percent u.s content and if it comes out of Mexico, it has on average 40% U.S. content. So if we get the work, if, if I can't get it to the U.S., if it gets to Mexico, I get a third of a loaf, which is better than no loaf. We're talking with Harry Moser. He is the president of Reshoring Initiative, a not-for-profit that is helping companies to make the determination if they should offshore or possibly if they should reshore some of the work that uh, and the jobs that you know they're using in the manufacturing sector. You know, Harry, you mentioned that we're... Currently, at least as of numbers we had in 2016, kind of a 20K net positive in, in job creation, reshoring initiatives. Talk to us about what type of jobs are being created in the United States around manufacturing. What are you seeing? Now, the, uh, the, the biggest uh, volume in reshoring, number one, is uh, transportation equipment like automotive because the uh, GM, Ford, et cetera, have brought back work, especially from Mexico, and we've had Toyota and uh, the, the Japanese and German companies investing huge billions in, in hiring thousands and thousands of people. 
and, and we we count that also because it's jobs being brought to the U.S. from offshore. The so first is, is transportation equipment. Second, I think, is appliances, uh, computer products, uh, machinery, and I think fifth or sixth is apparel. Surprisingly, wow. Yeah, because that apparel had been decimated. I mean, it really negatively impacted from offshoring of the work. Yep. Yeah. All right, we're talking with Harry Mosier, and and the type of jobs that the people are doing in those industries. What type of what type of manufacturing jobs are these employees now doing? Well, you know, the, the jobs you'd expect somebody to do making a car, okay, appliance, okay, you know, so machining, uh, wire harnesses, painting. Uh, you know, making a motor, making making a pump. Are, are you? Are, you may not be involved in this, and if it's not an area where you have direct experience, I understand. But are you finding companies able to source the talent that they need when they reshore to a manufacturing plant here somewhere in North America? Yeah, I've been working on that for thirty years, and and from my perspective, we have we were deficient relative to Germany and Switzerland and Austria, which have excellent uh, apprenticeship programs. Right. But apparently we're better than China and India and Mexico because the companies that come here say uh, overwhelmingly that one reason they come is for the skilled workforce. But it's, if we want to keep the momentum going, we need to do a better job of getting people into what I call the skilled professions or the technical professions because – if we don't, then the work can't come back because we, we won't have the people to do it. Is that at all a part of the software tool that you that the companies use to determine? Do they have no. the talent locally to do the work? No, we, we leave that up to them, but we do offer three or four programs with recommendations on what to do in their community to strengthen that workforce. Okay. Um, Thank you for that. We're talking with Harry Mosier. He is the president of Reshoring Initiative. So we don't talk politics. We talk business here on Critical Mass Radio Show. But I do want to ask you, because, you know, the geopolitical world can affect businesses and business um, philosophy and decisions. How has the change in the, you know, in the governing body, if you will, how is that? Is that having any impact on what you're seeing from companies? And if so, what is that impact? The the rate of reshoring announcements... Uh, doubled in November and has stayed at that level. So, so there's no question that it has had an impact. Uh, you're probably familiar with the carrier case in Indiana, and which was had announced offshoring. So every time we see an article like that, our social media lady goes on and says, this is a message to companies that are considering announcing offshoring. Use our software and see if it really makes sense for you to do so, because you have to ask yourself, is it better to do the math today or get a tweet from Donald tomorrow? Okay. We're talking with Harry Mosier. He's president of Reshoring Initiative. I only have a, a less than a few minutes here to go with you. And I wanted to ask, do people pay, do companies pay to use your software? Software is free. We want, we want people to use it. We've had uh, 2,000, I think, use it so far. And uh, And if they want help, they can call me. They can email me. Uh, we're at uh, www.reshorenow.org, and uh, I'm harry.moser at reshorenow.org, and if they, I, I bless them if they'll use it and they'll ask me for help and, and, and make the right decision for their companies. And, and hopefully it's to come to the U.S., and if it isn't, then check again in a couple of years when the Chinese wages go up some more. So, Harry, I'm not quite done with you yet, but thank you for giving all the great stuff that I love guests to give as far as contact information, and I may circle back with you when I'm 
finished with this interview with you, but I, I wanted to ask, how does the how does the reshoring initiative support itself then if you don't charge? Well, I'm supposed to be retired, <laughs> but other than that, we have sponsors. We, we have uh, 28, 29 sponsors, uh, manufacturing trade associations, machine tool companies, uh, 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 People's Gas in Pittsburgh, you know, various groups like that that, that support us. Uh, we sometimes get paid to give speeches. We consult a little bit. We help Walmart with their Made in USA program where they're uh, working to bring back $250 billion of extra uh, Made in USA products. And, and we put all that together, and it, it keeps us floating. Okay. And I, I take it from your area code. Are you in the Detroit area? Is that Chicago. Oh, you're in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and any one state benefiting more than another state from this reshoring initiative, in your experience? The flow of reshoring and foreign direct investment has been into the southeast and Texas. Okay. Uh, but uh, Michigan and Ohio have also done... Uh, rather well for the Midwest. So, so we, ladies and gentlemen, we have an unbiased, I believe an unbiased expert who's been living in the manufacturing sector uh, for, for a couple decades by his own admission. And if you could leave us with a crystal ball view of what you think the likelihood of us regenerating a robust a more robust manufacturing base here in the United States is, what is your view of that? Um, positive, but it's, it's, it's not easy. We need uh, the corporate tax rates down, uh, less regulation, need to get the dollar down a bit from where it is, uh, renegotiate some of the trade deals so that they're even-handed between us and, and the other country. We call balanced trade as opposed to fair trade or free trade. And if, if, if the if the president gets those things passed, then uh, uh, over t- 10 years, I, I see millions of manufacturing jobs going back. If, if those changes don't take place, then it's a continual struggle, and I'll be happy to bring back uh, net ten or 20,000 a year. Final question. I said in the open that the reshoring initiative is working to bring jobs back and how it affects the community. In your, from your perspective, what is the effect on a local community of having a manufacturer bring the jobs back to the community? Uh, incredible. You, you you take some factory that used to have you know 500 people in it, and you you, you bring a, a new product in there, and the people that have been marginally subsisting again have good, well-paying manufacturing jobs. It turns the whole community around. Everybody's optimistic. It helps the retailer. It helps the taxes. Uh, it's, it's it's the economic developers know manufacturing is the single best way to uh, strengthen your community. So I grew up in, full disclosure, western Pennsylvania. I grew up in a steel mill town. My father worked in a plant that was owned at the time by National Roll, and I'm old enough to have seen the uh, first wave of uh, of our manufacturing footprint, especially in, in the steel industry, be decimated, and I saw the live the effects of that in the in the small western pennsylvania town so it's encouraging for me to hear what you're saying harry and i hope that that is that, that is true that that does happen it's an opportunity you know being being on your show helps some more people hear about it. and if, if they'll go out and seek out u.s products to buy and if they will encourage their companies to reevaluate we can do it together. All right, so I'm going to help you by asking you one more time, let people know how they can find your organization online. Yeah, www.reshorenow.org. And, uh, you know, happy to hear from love to help them make good decisions for themselves and the country. Do you ever get to Southern California? 
Of course. Okay, so would you do me a favor and let me know if you get to Southern California and specifically Orange County, California? I would love to spend some time with you and learn more about what you're doing if you're in my zip code area here sometime, Harry. I will do that. Thank you, Rick. All right, thank you for being a wonderful guest, a part of the critical mass community, and a friend of the radio show and podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'd like to thank our producers. They are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, Haley Stern. Our engineer is none other than Paul Roberts, and I am your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show and podcast, then visit my firm's website, which is criticalmass4business.com. And until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 